I'm going to ask you to look at 2 Kings chapter 4, and we're going to read. Let me see here. Verse 8, 9. And let me see. 8, 9, and 10, I believe. 8, 9, and 10. And there. I, I, I could not find my reading glasses this morning. I'm, it's not getting easy. And here's the problem. I'm not going to do this, Tara. I found these little things the other day. And they're embarrassing. But when I'm sitting by myself, these are the greatest things in the history of the world, Brother Jerry. This thing, this little thing sticks in the back of my phone. And you can go wherever you want. It's good to see you this morning. I didn't see you. So just laying back there. But I warmed the other day, and my wife looked at me, and she got to laugh. And she said, who in the world have you become? Because they just sit on your nose. And they're always there. And I just want to get this out of the way, that this is embarrassing, and let's just all enjoy it together because it might sometimes happen. But I'm not going to use them today because my wife still wants to be married to me. <laughs> I'm just going to try my best to read without them. And I think I can do it. Oh, Lord. <laughs> and, it, and it fell on a day that Elisha passed to Shunem. Where was a great woman. A great woman. She constrained him to eat bread. And so it was that as oft as she passed by, I'm sorry, he passed by, he turned in thither to eat bread. And she said unto her husband, Behold, now I perceive that this is an holy man of God which passeth by us continually. She made this statement. Let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall. Let us set for him there a bed and a table. Let's maybe get a stool, she says, and a candlestick, and it shall be when he comes to us that he shall turn in thither. I'm going to preach on the simple topic of, is it well? Is it well? Let's ask God to help us one more time. Lord, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for the power that supersedes anything else in our lives. And we thank you for the redemptive power, Lord, that we've each and every one, we have the opportunity to experience. I pray you'd touch and I pray you'd have your way. I'm asking you to help me today as I deliver what I feel you've given me. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen. God bless you. Let me say to you real fast that I appreciate so much. I've been encouraged this week. Many, many things have been said. And we had a great, great day last week. And I heard a great, great Wednesday night. Let me just say to you, thank you so much for your faithfulness. I heard the share meeting was absolutely incredible on Friday night. CR is doing great. God's working, amen? Let's not get weary in well-doing. Amen? Amen. God bless you. And it fell on a day that Elisha passed to Shunem, and we find here that there's an ongoing tendency, a tendency for um, Elisha to, to go through this place because this Bible gives us the understanding that 
This was not something that was a first time. It, was, it seemed to be kind of common. It became common. The Bible says he found a great woman. Now, let me just say to you real fast, this would have been a woman that everyone in the community would have known as being that, that sweet, kind, um, um, smiling, taking care of a safe place you could go to, someone you could lean on, someone that you could look to and say, you know, maybe I can get a word of advice from her. And that's what the Bible is saying when it says that, that where was a great woman. And he goes, and he probably heard about her. Someone might, might have even said, hey, there's a Shunammite lady that probably would take care of you. And so Elisha, being led like he was, he decided, he and his servant, were going to go that direction and, and see what could possibly take place and if they could, they could receive what they needed for these journeys they were on. And and it said that she constrained him to eat bread. She, she desires that he comes. And so it was that as often as he passed by, he would come by because he knew again there's a safe place to go where the bread is good. It's a safe place to go where I can swing by and I can, I can be filled up. And then I can go on my way and I can take care of what I believe the Lord is doing and guiding in my life. And so, so he finds himself going to this home and then something begins to happen. This woman, and, and there is something to be noted about, about this, this woman. Just just because we, we can learn a lot about this real fast. We can learn how to handle relationships of the opposite gender. I know that's crazy, but let me just say in this, this is a good chance for me to build some parameters in your life. And help you know that there are moments where you're going to have conversations. There's moments where you're going to have communication with others of the opposite uh, uh, gender. And it's good for you to set up and build parameters in your life. Not to ask permission, but to make yourself accountable to how you operate in that workplace or in that life that you're living. Does that make sense? Let me just say it plain this way. Someone from, from, uh, um, you know, from the neighborhood shoots you a text, and she's trying to make sure that your son's going to the same event, and she sends you a text, sir, and then she sends another text, and you respond back to her, and before long you got a conversation going with somebody that's not your wife, and your wife does not know about it. It's always good to reply, not because you feel like they're doing anything or, or I'm doing anything or I've got the struggle of this going on, but there might come a day where all of a sudden it's not too good at home and you're going through a tough situation you remember you got somebody you had a good conversation with on a text thread that your wife didn't know about or your husband didn't know about it and all of a sudden you say hey will your son be there I'll be there I know this sounds far-fetched but this is how oftentimes a step in the wrong direction starts and so it's always good for you to say you know what I will be there but I'm going to put my wife in that text thread with me to make sure she knows that I'm doing the best I can to have a conversation that's wholesome but also is in the parameters of this life we're living. I know that might throw some of you off, but I'm all about keeping your life together. Is this okay? I wasn't, I mean, this is just a, a little added, a little added, thanks, thanks so much. 
This is something that's just kind of added there, but it's talked about in many commentaries about the Shunammite woman, about her manners and how, and again, it would be the same thing about the man. Let me just make sure we're clear on that. The man also would have needed to, to understand and operate the same way. I'm not picking on the ladies, but she goes and she looks at her home and realizes that there is order to my home, and she comes and she goes into her husband. Behold, now I perceive that this man is holy of God, a man of God, which passes continually, and she she says to him, can you help me? We need to make a chamber. Let's make, in other words, room for him to feel at home here. Many times you and I love the, the feeling of the presence of God sweeping through our lives. We love to feel the power of God sweeping through our lives. We love the experience of that. We love to say, you know what, he moved in a mighty way and I thank God for that. Now I'm going to go back to my life and I'm going to do the things I'm going to do and, and we can move through these, these ways of life together. But the Bible says that she did a different thing, that she actually said that I'm not just going to allow him to step in uh, and, and feel like a visitor, but I want him to have a place in my life where he can truly know that you are desired to be here. And this is a challenge to us as a church that maybe you and I need to stop just clocking in and clocking out, but we need to say, Lord, I'm giving you a designated space in my life and in my world that is your space. I want you to know that you can swing by anytime and you've got your own bed and you've got your own stool. You've got your own candlestick. You can light it anytime you need to. You can swing by and make yourself at home in my house. My address is your address. My home is your home. I don't want you to walk in like a guest and me shut off what I shouldn't have when you're there. I don't want you to know to know you're coming to me make a special meal. No, when we're eating, you can eat. When we're lounging, you can lounge. When we're here, you can be here. But here's the thing. Even when I'm not at my best, you're able to be with me. That's the difference. She took him to a place where now he had access to their life. She now had a need. We know the story of the Shunammite woman, but she had a great, great need. We could go on a little farther and, and read this together. But, but it says, and he said to him, say now unto her, behold, thou hast been careful with us. Uh, with all this care and what is to be done for thee, wouldest thou be spoken for the king or to the captain of the host? And she answered, I dwell among mine own people. And he said, uh, what then is to be done for you? Gehazi answered, verily she hath no child and her husband is old. And she said, call her. I'm sorry, he said, call her. And, and when he had called her, she stood in the door and he said about this season, according to the time of life, thou shalt embrace a son. He begins to speak to her and say, what is it that you you need and, and what would you say to a king or what would you say to this one or that one you need to say this to me and he speaks a word of promise in her life notice what happens that she makes room for him and he now says what is it you need some of us have been praying and saying I can't wait for Sunday to get there because I need to tell the Lord what I need and this example helps us understand that sometimes you've just got to make room for him in your life not in the walls of the church but in your life in your home and when you make room in your home he wants to know what it is that you need what do you need What's going on in your life? What's happening? Sometimes we ask the kids, obviously this, to be perfectly honest with you, this, this move has not been easy on our family. 
Um, any move at, at, at their age especially would be not easy. They didn't have a choice in this. We told them what we were doing. We felt this. And so sometimes when you might judge me harshly, be careful because I have kids in the mix as, to, as well, okay? We sacrificed. We made a move. We feel this is right. We know this is divine. We know God's in this. However, there's moments in my life in, in, our, in our last few weeks and months we've had said to our kids, what do you need? And I'm not talking about shoes. I'm not talking about a sweatshirt. I'm talking about what is it you need. Sometimes you've got to ask your kids, what is it you need right now? Do they need more time? Do they need more conversation? What is it you need? And that's, t- that's saying to them, you have access to anything I can give you. You've got complete access. I want to know. And I've asked, I've asked Rutland. I've asked Indy, what, what is it you need? I've asked Eva, what is it you need? I've asked them and said, how, what, what can I do for you? And I don't always get these things right, but what is it I can do for you, and they've, they've, they've got access to that point, and the Lord oftentimes is asking for you to declare what you need. He desires to be near to you. He desires to operate in your life. And in and, and this text, she says simply this, I've got an issue that I, my husband is old. I've, I, I've, I'm amongst my own people, but I've got nothing for myself. And Gehazi identifies this, and, and then and the, the, the prophet speaks and says, at this season next year, at this, uh, this time next year. And so this is what takes place now that, that we find here that, that she's given this. He said about the season according to the time of life, thou shalt embrace a son. And she said, nay, my Lord, thou man of God, do not lie unto thy handmaid. Now here is a, just not a, not a blank statement, but I believe she was overcome with a little bit of emotion in this moment. She would have been shaking in a sense. Don't, don't lie to me. Don't tell me something that I need to hear just to make me feel good. Tell me the truth. And, and she says, do not, do not do that. I need to know right now. And, 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 and it goes on, and the woman conceived and bare a son that season uh, that a Elisha had said unto her, according to the time of life, and when the child was grown, it fell on a day uh, that he went out to his father, to the reapers, and he said unto his father, my head, my head, and he said to the lad, carry him to his mother, and here's the son that had a terrible uh, um, accident, he's bleeding, he rushes to his, uh, they carry him to the mother, and he said, um, when they had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her knees till noon, then he died, and this mother now is reflecting back on all that was said, and all she did, she said, I made room for him back then, and I, I was given the miracle of this life. And now, now my son is laying lifeless on this altar and I've got no, nothing else to do. And the scripture goes on and it shows the actions of this woman in the following verses in, in uh, 2 Kings 4. And we read on to uh, verse 19, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, verse 22. And she called unto her husband and said, send thee, I pray thee, young men, and, and, and bring, bring my mode of transportation, she says. I want you to bring me the ashes that I may run to the man of God and come again. Because he promised me something and I made room for him and I need to go to him because of what he gave me and the, the blessings I've experienced in my life. And he said, wherefore, without go to him to the, today, it is neither new moon or Sabbath because the rituals of the time were access of only certain time. But yet don't forget that you might think you have access at certain times, but when you build a room for the presence of God in your own life, you always have access to the things of God. I want you to realize 
about something right now. The reason why, and we know the ending of the story, but the reason why the story plays out the way it does is because she wasn't confined to tradition. She wasn't confined to the ways of others who just kind of walked the way they walked. No, she said, I am going to operate by way of faith, and I'm going to operate by the way of I made way and made room for him. And because of that, he's going to make room for me. So she goes, she says, I know it's not that. I know, I know. And she said, it shall be well. Notice what she says there. She speaks a word of faith in that moment. It shall be well. Then she sat on an ass and said to her servant, drive and go forward. Slack not thy writing from me except I bid thee. If I ask you to stop, that's the only time we stop. Let's go as fast as we can. And so she went and came into the man of God to, the, to Mount Carmel. When it came to pass, when the man of God saw her afar off, that he said to Gehazi, his servant, behold, yonder is that Shunammite. Run now, I pray thee, to meet her and say to her, is it well with thee? Here's where we get to this point. It says, say, is it well with thee? And, 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 and is it well with thy husband? Is it well with thy child? And she answered it. Let this sink in just for a moment. The reality is, is that sometimes we have storms in, 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 our, in our area. We, 1997, March 1st, 1997. Who remembers that day? Anybody remember that day, Gavin? I see your hand going up. Others remember that day. On March 1st, 1997, we had a tornado come through um, that, that wrecked this town. And it was not easy. We, it, was a, it was a tough storm. We've had storms. We had quite the series of storms a, a few months ago. But, but the reality is, is that our, our climate, although it might be humid, isn't bad, right? But the weather might be bad at times. But our climate, for the most part, is pretty good. I one time landed in Madison, I mean, uh, uh, in Wisconsin, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. When I landed, they came over the, pl- the plane and said, we were approaching uh, my, my Milwaukee. They do that, like the whole thing where you can't hear them. You know what I'm talking about? Like, have a good flight. What did he say? I don't know. Are we going to be okay? I don't know. But I heard him say, we're approaching Milwaukee, Wisconsin. We had a touchdown about 35 minutes. Local temperature is negative 43 degrees. I went, what? What did, what did he say? <laughs> I'm from Arkansas. What, what did he, can you live in that? <laughs> is that how you have to make cheese? I mean, <laughs> honestly, I was very, very confused. Negative 43 degrees. They were like, well, it's, it's not that bad. I was like, what are you talking about, man? Not that bad. Negative 43 degrees. It was freezing that night. I got out, heard to the rental car, drove to the Fox Cities is where I was going for the week. And I remember thinking, how in the world do people survive in this? The reality is, is that people up there would desire our climate. The rea- and what, what she's saying here is, is similar to that. She's saying that my climate is good. But the weather's bad. She's saying that the, the things aren't, things, yes, yes, it's well. Things are well, but because what she understood is the parameters of the way that I live are good, although there's things that are bad. 
It's a, it's a switch in the mindset because many times we feel like in the, when there's storms coming, we think, well, everything's bad because that's the way we're trained to think right now. We're trained to move out of our, emotion, our emotions and react by things, and our kids are being trained that same way. More and more uh, our world is being taught to react to things, and that's how things are. How you feel in the moment, that's the reality of what you're living in. But the reality of what I'm living in is that we had, we had tough, tough days, but everything in general isn't bad. And so she comes now with a son that's laying dead at the house. She's got a son that she was promised that's laying dead at the house, and she's got zero, zero hope right now, as it might seem, that she should have anything good go on in her life. There should be nothing that should come out of this. But she walks and she, she goes as fast as she can to the one that she made room for at the time, the one that represented, and there was connection, the almighty power and presence, the prophet that spoke on behalf of the Lord in that time. She goes as fast as she can before she even gets the servant, runs out to her and he says, is it well? And she says, it is well. You and I know more things than the prophet knew at that time. We know that her son fell in an accident. We know that she held him till he died. We know that she felt the sadness and sorrow of the moment. We know that now in that moment, our world would be turned upside down. We know in that moment that everything should be so, so bad. But yet she had the audacity to look at him and say, it is well. And why is that? Because she knew the power of an almighty God that although things aren't good today, things are still possibly going to be good in my life. And as long as I hold on to the fact that yes, you're in control. Yes, God's promises are still true. Yes, God still has a way he can touch and he can heal. Yes, it might be difficult, but yes, yes, yes. I've made room for him in my life. I made room. What is that kind of mentality? That mentality is someone who walks in when everything's not good, but they lift their hands high and they say, I'm going to see a victory. Why? Because the battle is not mine, but it's the Lord's. What they're simply declaring in that moment is, yes, there's a battle. There's a battle. There's a battle. There's a battle going on in my life. The weather may be bad, but the climate is good. Things may not be easy, but I know you're still good. Things may be difficult right now, but God, you are able. You're able to change the situation you're able to do a work in my life because I've made room for you in my home and in my life I was a great woman before but you saw fit to swing by and spend time with me and when I felt that when I felt that when I saw that I decided that I don't want you just to swing by and hurry out no I want the presence near me I want the power close to me so I made room and because of the way she thought the biggest battle is in our minds. That's why I want you to get today for a moment. I want you to get this for a second. Because everything I'm talking about is not specifics. But it's the context of the framework of your life. Things may be bad. But things aren't bad. Can I help you get there? I'm trying my best to communicate this the way I truly, truly feel it. He has the power and the ability to change it in a moment. And she held on to that. She traveled a long way. She cried every tear she had. And when the, proud, the, 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 the servant comes and says, is everything okay? 
she says, is it, or he says, is it well? And her response is, it is well. And when she came to the man of God, to the hill, uh, she caught him by the feet, but Gehazi came near to thrust her away. He, he was letting her know, you got to be careful on how you approach. And the man of God said, let her alone. Why? Because he remembered that she made room for me. She made room for me and let for her soul is vexed. He said, there's something going on that I'm not catching. Didn't you tell me it was all well? Didn't you say that she said it's well? Didn't you tell me that everything seemed fine? Souls vexed and the Lord hath hid it from me and hath not told me. Then she said, did I desire a son of my Lord? Did I not say do not deceive me? Remember when she said, don't deceive me. Don't make promises you can't keep. Don't give me a son if it's not going to work out. Don't do this to me. Don't do this thing to me. And then he said to Gehazi, gird up thy loins and take my staff in thine hand and go thy way. If thou meet any man, salute him not. Don't stop for anybody. Don't give up for anybody. I want you to go. This is of most importance. Why? Because when you make room for God, he sees it as a priority. When you've given yourself fully to him, he says, I'm going to go as fast as I can to that need. When you say, God, I'm here. You know me. You've got a pillow in the house. You've got a bed made in the house. There's a candlestick that you have the lighter to. There's a stool with your name on it. This is your place. He said, Gehazi, don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop for family. Don't stop for anybody else. Go as fast as you can and get there. I want you to get there as quick as you can and, and, and simply say this. Lay my staff upon the face of the child. What caused all this? I'm hurrying to a close here, but what causes all this? The reality of this moment that we find here is simply the power of the Shunammite woman's who's unnamed, who we don't know her name. We just know her as the Shunammite woman. But we find here that this is all possible because she understands that things can change. Sean in Arkansas, the saying is this, if you don't like the weather, what'd you say? Wait a minute. If you don't like the weather, give it a little time. Just wait a minute. What is that? There's power packed, Sean, on that. Wait a minute. You know what that means? God, things aren't easy. But I'm not quitting. I'm just going to wait on the Lord. God, things aren't simple. Things don't always make sense. Things don't always work out. But I understand that you're the God of my salvation. You're the God of my life. And you're the God of whatever trial I'm facing. So although this might not be easy, I'm not giving up. I'm just going to wait. I'm just going to wait. And I'm going to trust you. I'm not going to family. I'm not going to friends. I'm going to the source. And what seems to be dead now can live again. The Bible says she goes now to the prophet. The prophet sends a servant with a staff. 
The prophet's staff represented his power and his authority, and the staff was laid upon him. That says the prophet sent the servant. The servant goes, and he's mouth-to-mouth. He's eye-to-eye. He's trying his best to figure out whatever the rituals would have been at that time. But the, 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 the desire to see him fully, fully healed in the moment, this lifeless body would have been laying there. The mom would have been overcome with emotion. But don't forget, she made the statement that it is well. It's well. Although it's not easy, it's well. Although it's not, it's not making sense, it's well. Well, although not all things come together, so it seems for good. I know that I still live in the framework of it will work out for the good. And so I live this life oftentimes by faith when I can't live where it makes sense. And so she says, I know things are bad, but it's well. It's well. It's well. It's well. It's going to make sense. It's going to work out. It's well. And so she stands there and watches him lay the staff. She sees him lay there. She sees him do all that he can possibly do to usher in the presence of God. On his life. The Bible says he sneezes. He sneezes seven times. The lifeless body sneezes seven times, and with that, he opens his eyes. Someone responded back and said, He let me, he let me experience my worst fear. It's things aren't good. Things aren't easy. But no, no, she made the statement. It is well. What I feel today and what I strongly felt this morning is if you're walking in this place and you feel the weight, you feel the weight of life and you feel discouragement trying to knock on the door of your situation, you feel right now that things are trying its best. To, to, to tear you down and make you think that you can't. I'm asking this morning, I'm asking this morning, have you made room for him? I know we've made room for other things. I know we've made room for all the stuff in life. I know we've prepared things. I know we've done it, but my question is, have you made room for him? And if so, can you look at your trials? Can you look at your situations? And can you truly say that although it might not be easy, it is well. It is well. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet right now. If you will, stand to your feet. And close your eyes for a moment. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, I pray. Come on, would you close your eyes just for a moment and can you talk to the Lord? Can you speak to Him for a moment and say, God, I ask you to help me in every situation. In every trial, God, I pray, help me. Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Come on, just for another moment, would you just talk to him right now? If you've come in weary, if you've come in with a trial in your life, I wish you'd just reach out and say, God, I trust you. I trust you, oh God. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. I need you, Jesus. I need you, Jesus. I trust you, Lord. I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. I need you, God. It is well with my soul. Yes, Jesus. It is. 
desire is to take away every, every bit of peace that we're living in. Whether it can be by media, whether it can be by politics, whether it can be by just the differences that we might find in ourselves. But the desire that the Lord has for us is to simply declare this as a prayer to Him. And a statement of whatever I walk through, whatever I face, it is well with my soul. My question right now is no matter what you face, no matter what you go through, do you have the power to sing this and speak this? If you want to come this morning to declare to him, he is well. Yes, Jesus. 